We'll begin our devotion today in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, how are you feeling today? The answer to that question may be as many and varied as how you're feeling physically or what's going on in your heart or your life at this time. How do your feelings impact your spiritual life? perhaps more than we realize or ever care to admit. Now, feelings are a part of us and a part of what God made in us. And feelings are important. Can you imagine the feelings that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden following creation? They were all wonderful and they were all God-pleasing. And those feelings of love and peace joy and contentment and gratitude, they were all there. They were all there in perfection and they were all there in abundance. But the fall into sin changed everything. And now Adam and Eve and every one of us born in sin are faced with sinful emotions that now dominate so much of man's sinful behavior. Our Lord said, for out of the heart come forth evil thoughts, murders, and all the rest. How thankful you and I should be that by God's grace, through Jesus Christ alone, we have been redeemed and restored and forgiven. And that God has, as he looks upon us, sees us now through Christ as being holy and righteous And furthermore, God instilled in us by faith, each one of us, by the power of his Holy Spirit, that new man, that new self, that has simply pure heart and pure emotions. However, even as God's children, we struggle, don't we? We struggle with that sinful, wretched mess that every one of us carries around until our dying day, namely our sinful nature. You've got it at all ages and all stages of life. And Satan, who is the arch-deceiver and the master psychologist, is all about using every trick in his book and every weapon in his arsenal to lead us astray. And you know one of the key ways that he does that, even for the children of God, is by flipping our feelings from ministerial, from those feelings being servants to a higher authority, in this case, God's word and will, flipping those to a magisterial role, namely feelings rule. Feelings have the authority. Isn't this precisely what is happening In our world today, feelings rule. Feelings rule in many people's personal relationships, including marriage. Feelings rule in matters of morality, whether it be how we view abortion or sexual relationships or many other things. Feelings also rule in many people's relationship with God. How do they feel about God is the question they ask. And even if they do feel good about themselves in relation to God by ignoring the law, why do they feel that way? Is it because 
of their own works or because of what God in Christ has done for them. Feelings rule in many churches where the objective eternal truths of Scripture have been thrown aside in favor of feelings, be it some aspect of love that they view from their perspective or a key term now is felt needs. The pastor has to meet the felt needs of that church. It's God's will that our feelings as children of God are ministerial. That is, that they are servants. That they bow to the authority of God's precious and eternal truth and the promises of his word and gospel, no matter what is happening in our world, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how you feel about it. In 1 John 3.20, we have this Bible passage. If your heart condemn you, God is greater than your heart and knows all things. Perhaps the greatest lie that Satan can ever say, even to a redeemed child of God, is that really he's not. He cannot be sure that he's redeemed and forgiven. And isn't it true that sometimes when we look at our own lives, our very hearts feel that way? How can God love me? How can I be a child of God and feel and act the way I sometimes do? God is telling you he's greater than your heart. Don't trust your feelings. Trust his words and his promises. Look to the cross of your Savior, Jesus Christ, to his words. It is finished on the cross and find comfort and peace in his promises. Take a look for a moment at a man you know well from Scripture, Peter, who experienced one of Christian life's greatest lows, that is emotionally and spiritually, when after denying his Lord and Savior something he believed could never happen to him, when after doing that, Peter felt this incredible remorse. And he went out and he wept bitterly. And yet, in repentance and faith, looking to his Savior, he trusted in and found forgiveness in his Savior's redeeming love. Now this same Peter wrote in one of his epistles that he was a personal eyewitness to what would have to be one of Christian life's greatest emotional and spiritual highs when on the Mount of Transfiguration he was an eyewitness to his Savior's majesty and his glory. And yet, what does Peter say? He pointed not only his own heart, but he pointed every one of our hearts not to the experience that he had on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he points our hearts not to any emotional high or religious experience we might have had, but rather to that more sure word of prophecy to which we do well to take heed as to a light that shines in a dark place. Certainly, you and I need to take careful note of Peter's words. Whatever your feelings are, they cannot form the foundation of your faith. Whatever comes from God, on the other hand, in his holy word and his loving promises can be trusted both as to its truthfulness and to its great benefit for you spiritually and eternally. You're familiar with these words from 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. 
And the rest of scripture echoes that very message. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by logic, not by reason, not by feelings or emotions, but rather, by the power of Christ, we seek to bring into captivity not just every thought, but every feeling, and make them obedient to Christ. So that we are not children that are tossed to and fro, not only by every wind of doctrine that goes on around us, but every feeling in that roller coaster of emotions that Christians experience in their lives. So that we are not blown around, but rather with full confidence and anchored to the mighty and merciful word of our God and his promises, we go forth in faith, trusting him. May Jesus Christ and his word and promises ever remain our master. And may our feelings ever remain his servants. May our Lord, through his word and gospel, bless all of us with feelings and with fruits that are pleasing to him. And think about these. Sorrow over sin. Peace in Christ and his forgiving love. Comfort in our struggles, comfort in his presence and promises, delight in doing his will, joy in serving him, gratitude for all of his blessings, and hope, joyful hope for our own eternal future. Many years ago, I wrote down a poem from Martin Luther that says this so well. For feelings come, and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My trust is in the word of God. Nothing else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned for lack of some sweet token, there is one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. I'll trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever, for though all things shall pass away, his word shall stand forever. Amen. We close our devotion with hymn 381, verses 1 and 2. 381.